Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this. When someone's trying to use content to build their business, when they're trying to, I mean, YouTube's great. I don't, everyone could be a YouTube influencer. That'd be fun. But the real thing is, is it building a business? Can you live the life that you want? So for you throughout your journey of, you know, playing basketball, of starting businesses, of you're doing all the things that you did, what are some of the skills that you've realized are really essential for someone to have to, to do this effectively? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, like influencers or content creators kind of come into the game without any kind of digital marketing skills. There's no marketing behind it. And for me, I always tell people like I think video creation is really marketing because it's copywriting. Right. I mean, how do you start a YouTube video? You start with a hook. Right. You got to hook them in. How do you start? A blog post how do you start a sales letter anything that you do online you start with a hook and so like a lot of the principles that come along with creating video content are really can go back to like uh dan kennedy marketing and, and psychology and those kind of things too so i think they definitely need to have a little bit of marketing chops when you get into the game um along with so many skills that come with being like a videographer right audio video lighting like i always tell people for video creation you don't need to be like a famous videographer or anything you don't need to be a director but you do need to have the fundamentals it's like with sports like if you have the fundamentals in basketball you probably could step on the court with some nba players and not look too ridiculous but uh it's all about the fundamentals yeah and it's the same thing with with video creating okay i like that um and you said something interesting there you said that most like someone coming in creating video they they can figure out the camera the mic like that kind of stuff trial and error you can probably figure that out i feel like the marketing said though that doesn't come as naturally a lot and people get degrees in this kind of thing are there any exercises or any small things you feel like people could do i mean daily or weekly to build out their marketing skill set yeah like there's so much information out there and like you will get overwhelmed if you try to just say all right i'm gonna learn this game uh how to be a marketer so i would say just choose one person that you really like kind of like and you you feel like uh is genuine and is kind of up your alley and just stick with that one person have them be kind of like your your online mentor or whatever i know that word gets used a lot but i I like that strategy of finding one person and and just go deep into what they're kind of pitching and teaching and uh if if you feel like their kind of tactics and their marketing style works for you and it's it, it aligns with kind of your content style that you're creating then I would just stick with that. And then eventually you'll branch out and, and learn other skills. But they're definitely you definitely should be reading a book or, or taking a course or reading, listening to some podcasts of actual digital marketers. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And I, I do like the word mentor. I Before I was like, oh yeah, everyone's like, find a mentor. But um, when I did have a mentor, um, Evan Carmichael's mine, he's took, taken a, a financial interest in the business as well. So invested in it. And there are a few things that he'll say, he's like, do this. I'm like, uh, I don't know. But we took my business from essentially everything crashing to 100K per year in revenue in three weeks, doubling that in three weeks and just continuing to grow. And so it's like, okay, cool. You are my one mentor. I'm going to throw everything out and I'm going to learn. Eventually I'll learn the things that don't work as well for me, but I'm never going to learn that unless I actually, one, listen to one mentor, like you said, and to try the things that that mentor tells me to do. So I really like that. When you're thinking about learning those, the skills, the different things, how do you know what skills to really double down on and become an expert at or to delegate? Like video editing, I think, you know, the service that you have with VidShops is something most people should delegate out. But how do you know how to differentiate those skills? 
Yeah, I think it depends on like what stage you're starting at. Like if you are like just starting out brand new uh, and you don't have the budget to delegate things out, then and you should do it all yourself. Like I do recommend that. I mean, like for me personally, like when I started online, it was just me. I didn't have any money to use any contractors or anything like that. And so I was able to learn the whole game, like the whole entire game. And I've been doing it a long time now, like almost 15 years online. So I've had the time to do that and the luxury of not having, you know, when I first started, I wasn't working full time. So it's, it's easier to easier said than, than it is to do. But uh, like you talked about skill sets earlier, like there's a lot of skill sets and, you know, like even just to get a YouTube video online, like we talked about, you know, the audio, the video, you know, there's the camera presence, there's so much stuff. But then even after that, you have Photoshop to create the thumbnail, you know, you have to know a little bit, you know, and I relate YouTube thumbnails to almost like banner ads that like, that's kind of old school now, but the little banner ads that you would see, uh, it's kind of the same thing. Like you're trying to get the click. Uh, so there's a little bit of stuff you got to learn there. And I could go on and on about all the different, uh, stuff that you do need to learn. So I would say learn it all so that when it comes time to delegate, uh, you can number one, know that the person's doing a good job. And number two, maybe be able to train somebody to do the job and get a little bit of, of, uh, arbitrage with, with labor, whether you're going to outsource it overseas. If, if you do do that, then there's going to, you're going to need to train them. You know, it's, yeah. they're not just, someone's not just going to come ready as an expert. And so if you've done it yourself, you can train them. And, and yeah, like as far as doing things yourself in the startup world, in the business world, like that's how you should start your business in my opinion, because you need to know the ins and outs of, of everything. And what I've found in growing vid shops, now that I am basically a delegator, we've been doing it almost six years with vid shops. I delegate a lot, but there are things that I just don't know in the business and things will pop up and something will break and I can't be the one that fixes it. I have to ask the person that's responsible to fix it, which is a good problem to have. But at the same time, uh, like I said, you just don't know if, if everything's getting done how you would want it to be done. And that is the hard thing as an entrepreneur. Like no one is going to do it as good as you can. That's something you've said in a lot of interviews. But if you have two people doing it at 70% of what you can, they're actually better than you because 150%. Like it's, and there's different levels of that. What's, what's maybe one skill that, or one thing you won't delegate? Like you feel like you are the expert and you have to keep that control over that thing. Um, otherwise there will be consequences like video editing. Most people think, oh, they're not gonna do it as well as me. You find someone that is either as good or better usually, but there are still some things that aren't that way. Is there anything you have, you found that way skill wise? Yeah. I mean, I would say probably like for me, it's copywriting. It's, it's the writing part, like whether it's, um, emails, like, uh, so for vid shops, we have, you know, it, part of our marketing is we have, uh, autoresponders, right. And, and most businesses want to do this. You want to build a newsletter. You want to, uh, have some sort of automatic email sequence that goes out. Like I personally wrote all those. I know I could have hired it out. It was kind of a grind. Uh, but there's certain things that have to have that personal touch, especially when you are, you know, signing it off with your name at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I always wonder how the big time entrepreneurs do it. Like, um, you know, like guys like Russell Brunson with click funnels and stuff. Like, it seems like he's got like 50 hours in a day or something, but I know yeah. that so much of it is delegated out, but they have found a way to make it in his voice, uh, make it sound like him. So, um, you know, props to them for being able to crack that code. I haven't cracked that code yet. Um, so there's the one thing is the copywriting and also, uh, 
you'll be on video. You can't really fully delegate that out. Uh, we do have a podcast uh, called The Video Creator Show, and, and I'm not the host, so that was something I planned on delegating out. I, I do go on there every now and then and, and speak on the podcast and stuff, but I think, you know, as much as you can delegate in when you get to a certain point is good because you can only scale yourself so far. Um, but the stuff like being on camera, like even Russell Brunson, right, is creating all that kind of content. That's something you it's, can't really delegate. So it's, it's part of the, it's part of the, um, the personal brand and the personal journey, I think. Yeah, no, I like that. And I do want to talk about the video creator podcast, but one thing you said really quickly was copywriting. And I've noticed a trend with um, my high profile clients that almost every single one of them have a background somewhere in copywriting. And I was listening to Sam Parr talk about how he built the hustle and some of the the copy work, copying other people's writing, like physically copying it. He's like, I went from okay to good, but I got really good at hiring and finding the best copywriters. And it's a really hard skill to learn the hiring part. But you personally, most people listening is probably don't have budget for a copywriter, like let alone yeah. some of these other things that are more pressing. Um, I don't know. Do you have any, do you still like practice your copywriting now? I just, I'm curious cause that's something I'm starting to incorporate back in. Um, but I feel like copywriting is something everyone really needs to focus on at least a little bit. Yeah. I would say it's probably the main skill set when it comes to digital marketing is, is copywriting. Like I said earlier, it just goes into every single thing you do. Um, so yeah, it is something that I do practice even currently. I don't sit down and, and practice it specifically, but I do, you know, create new, offers and new uh video sales letters and i i try to write those myself and yeah i'm currently working on a vsl right now for something and it's challenging uh at at this point i'm basically an overthinker in everything that i do and so like it takes me like two weeks just to write one five minute vsl because I'm overthinking it. And now that I do understand copywriting, I want to like make it so perfect, a little bit of a perfectionist mentality, which is not good at all. But, you know, I would say if you are like you talked about Sam Parr, he liked to hand write out other people's letters. You know, I, the, the same stuff that most people preach, like, uh, I think it's called the Gary Halbert letters. I don't know if you ever heard of those. They're mm-hmm. kind of like the there we go again. Fundamentals of copywriting. Everyone tells yeah. you to first go and read those. I, I read those many years ago now at this point, but those are good. Um, and it's, it's not so much about learning how to sell and stuff with, with reading those letters, but it's just good writing. Like mm-hmm. once you understand good, what good writing is, it kind of opens you up to being able to be a good writer. Cause you can kind of see like, wow, this is a lot better, a lot more entertaining, a lot, you know, more persuasive than other things. But, um, yeah, I would say, if you are going to get into making videos, you should learn a little bit about copywriting because essentially that's what you're trying to do on YouTube is get people to continue watching for as long as possible for the algorithm to promote you out. And it's the same thing with a sales letter or an email, right? You're trying to just get them to the next line, get them to read the next line, get them to read the next line. Um, so it's very, very good skill set to have for sure. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. And I think with your, you call it overthinking, I think it contextually, is probably a good thing. Like for a YouTube video, <clears throat> we don't want to overthink it. We want to get a video out. We want like, we want the value to be there, but it doesn't need to be this perfect thing. When you're doing a VSL or a video sales letter, this uh, sales are on the line. Like this, <laughs> this is a, a huge deal. And so I think placing context on how much we're thinking about what it is, like I, I imagine spending two weeks versus two days makes it a lot better. I mean, not always, but um, just contextually, I think how you create your content, but um one thing that I, I did want to talk about a little bit is how you're creating content now. So when I saw, you know, I looked at what you're doing now, you have the, the video creator podcast. 
a lot of the other content you're creating doesn't look like it's as consistent as it was. So I'm, I'm curious how you're thinking about content creation right now for your, your personal brand. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I'm just trying to find time to do it. Um, it's like, I, I face the same struggles that every YouTuber creates or or faces where number one, like I said, I'm overthinking it. I I don't want to put out anything that's bad. Um, just time constraints, um, all those kind of things. But I, my goal is to start putting out consistent content again, um, on my personal brand YouTube channel, where I talk about online business and, and YouTube in general, but with, with, with vid chops and stuff, it's just busy times, man. Like going, doing stuff like this, going on, on different podcast shows and, you know, with vid chops, like we're at the size now to where there's a, there's a lot going on for somebody that's quote unquote, the CEO mm-hmm. when it comes to just, you know, we're hiring, we're getting new editors coming in, you know, on a weekly basis. So I would like to at least touch base with them and, um, and then just new clients coming in. We, we, we have a white label service now that's been recent. So it's just kind of been focusing, kind of leverage my time on, okay, I, I know that I need to be creating content. I know that it's good for the marketing and all that, but is it really good enough to go and make all these videos that, um, in time could gain views and, and help the business. But right now it's more important for us to kind of innovate, I think inside vid shops with a white label service, um, and just the other kind of stuff that we're doing inside of our operations. Yeah, no, I like that. I think it's, and every entrepreneur is going to face this. You're, you're running a business. It's going to yeah. be a time to focus on the business. And in fact, I have a I have a podcast, it's more of a hobby because I don't get clients from it, but I have a co-host that comes on every other week. And yesterday he's like, Hey, I've got to reschedule. I have, you know, a new client that popped up. I was like, business is way more important than content. The goal of content is often get business. So <laughs> we're not going to schedule content over business if, you know, that's, that's what's going on. So, um, I think that's tremendously important to, to have your priorities in line. Um, but I am curious because I've seen you guest a lot more and come on shows a lot more than create actual content. How has that compared in like building vid shops and getting you more business, do you feel like that's more worth it? Or do you feel like maybe if you spent that time creating the content that it would be either equal or or close to, I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Well, I I definitely love like, as far as what gives me energy and like what I enjoy doing is it's coming on podcasts and having conversations with, with other humans. Like I could pretty much do that all day, especially when we're talking about stuff like this that I'm passionate about. And I, I really like, um, so as far as that goes, like, I'm way more motivated to sit down and, and, and have a conversation with somebody than I am to sit down, write out a script that I'm overthinking and then, uh, you know, hit record, mess up a bunch of times, get all nervous. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I've created thousands of videos at this point, go, going back to my, my old YouTube days as a basketball coach. Uh, but still, I still face the same challenges. And I think it's because... I keep saying overthinking. I don't know what it is, but I, I, um, it's something that I talk about a lot on, on my podcast with my co-host about how, uh, he's kind of in the same thing. He was a YouTuber for nine, 10 years, got burnt out, quit kind of the same, same story as myself. Um, and he's trying to get back into it. I'm trying to get back into it and we're both kind of struggling. So, I mean, I'm, I'm the first, I'm not perfect. I'm not, you know, superhuman or anything, but when it comes to going on podcasts, I do enjoy that a lot. And, you know, as far as the strategy goes, if, if people are curious, you know, yes, it's great to get in front of people and talk about, about vid shops, maybe a client or two can come in through that and stuff. But, you know, we are doing the full spectrum of digital marketing for vid shops. We're not just creating content for ourselves to grow our business. We're actually doing SEO, paid ads, 
Like at this point, we're, we're pretty deep into trying anything that we can, cold out, cold email outreach. Um, and so part of the strategy is actually an SEO strategy with going on podcasts. So if okay. anybody's listening to this and they're like, man, how do we get backlinks? That's one way you can go on mm -hmm. podcasts and, and gain some backlinks. Um, and for VidChops, we are doing pretty well as far as SEO goes. We um, were a first page for video editing service. So um, I think it's working. Um, but yeah, it's just part of the strategy. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. When, so when I work with clients, it's educators, thought leaders, podcasters, and there's, there's multiple segments of YouTube. And I think too often, especially if you're not in this world, it's like, oh, it's YouTube. I'm throwing my content up there. But I mean, as you know, there's different segments of YouTube. And so we only work with those segments and recommended is the number one source of traffic that way. So SEO isn't even something I think about anymore because to get podcasts seen and to get YouTube to grow them, SEO is really not that important. And so I feel like it's curious. It's interesting to think about that. It's like, Hey, what kind of business do you have? What kind of content do you have to be able to like, if you want to get search based, so how to edit a video better, like if you're creating that, make sure you're solving the problem that your potential clients are looking for and, and know them a little bit. Like it, there's so many levels, it's just like marketing, like the deeper you go, the, the more you realize you don't know, but, um, the video creator podcast, I noticed it's, is it, is it on YouTube or is it not on YouTube? It is on YouTube. Um, okay. it's super small. I mean, we've actually okay. been doing it for a year now. So we actually crossed uh, episode a hundred, uh, shout That's out to awesome. my, yeah. Shout out to my co-host. Uh, cause kind of in starting it, my only goal was really just to, to be consistent, get it going, uh, not have to spend too much of my own time on it. And then here we are a year later, it's, it's that goal was achieved the growth part. No, you know, we, we're not yeah. big, but, um, like my whole thing was like, let's just make something that's actually going to be consistent, not here today, gone tomorrow. Because uh, I know if I was the one to just sit down and do it myself, that it would probably phase out at some point. I would not be consistent with it. So I set it up in that way so that, it, you know, to reach goal number one. And so now here we are with goal number one, uh, about maybe like three or four months ago, we started kind of getting serious on YouTube and actually uploading shorts and, and the long form videos uh, to YouTube. And, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of growth there. I think we're going to cross 100 subscribers or something like that. But we haven't really sat down and drilled into analytics and how how can we get more watch time on these videos? Uh, how can we improve, you know, even the, the quality of, of the podcast? It's more just conversational. And uh, I think we do need to sit down and kind of create a strategy, basically, with it. Because the content's there. We're, we're pumping out content like crazy. Uh, like I said, a hundred episodes in a year. And, uh, you know, we were at a point one, we were doing like three a week, releasing three a week, which That's was great awesome. right now. We're back to two a week, but we have a huge backlog. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty solid content overall because we're, we're getting YouTubers on the show and interviewing them that are over a hundred thousand subscribers. So, you know, pretty much every guest interview has uh, a guest with over a hundred thousand subscribers. So we're able to definitely pull out some value and learn from them. So um, but yeah, the growth strategy and, you know, po podcasts are so hard to grow. Um, you really need a second growth strategy to grow the audio side of the podcast and then the video side on YouTube. I mean, it's at this point, YouTube's starting to get into podcasts more, but, um, it's just not built for, for just a, a, a 60 minute podcast. Cause most people are not going to watch that. Um, and I, I love this. I love bringing this topic up because this is actually the area that I specialize in. Um, I don't nice. know if you know this, the fastest growing segment of videos on YouTube is one to three hours. 
people want the education. They want the podcast, but you, you bring up an important point. It's hard because how do you title the video? How do you do the thumbnail and still pack, like package it in a way that people want to watch it? Like there, there are some steps, frameworks that we have, but, um, like I, I feel like you could absolutely blow up the podcast if you did, like you spent some time developing that strategy. And that, that brings up a question for me is how important do you think it is for you? And for, I mean, everyone listening, the consistency versus strategy. I feel like we can overthink if we, we just like, Hey, I'm not doing anything without a strategy. And sometimes we just need to go do it and just get consistent. But sometimes we really do need to like, it, there's different times for different things. What do you feel like is the most important for people getting started? Maybe they have a YouTube channel. Maybe they don't like they, they want to do this. and know it's important. What do you think is most important for them? Well, I, I think consistency is the biggest challenge that people face. So many people start and stop. So that's, okay. if, if you can figure that part out, and that's what I was so worried about. Um, then, then I, kind of, I mean, this is the boat we're in. Then you can start focusing on the strategy if you know you're going to be consistent. But otherwise, you're you're in danger of the overthinking part. Uh, I mean, if you have somebody like yourself on your side that's teaching you the strategy and getting you set up with that, then that's the best case scenario, you know. Yeah. But if you are just solopreneur or whatever, and you're like, I'm going to start a podcast, my guess is that podcast won't be here in a year. because of consistency. Um, But, you know, you know, thinking about it, strategy is what gives you the growth and growth is what gives you the motivation to stay consistent. Because if you are, you know, if you don't focus on strategy and you're just pumping out content kind of like us and you're not seeing the results, it could be a little bit, uh, you know, discouraging. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I would say consistency for sure, because it's just the, just the biggest issue that I see with content creation overall. I mean, we talked about my YouTube channel, you, you know, I'm not consistent there. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I like that. And I, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is like, get the habit started. And as you see some results, think a little bit about the strategy, but don't overthink it. You start overthinking, just go back to just doing like being consistent. Like you need both, but I think it's a hard balance. Like it's a, it is a balance. We, we got to juggle both of them and, and keep things going. Yeah. And so. also I would say too, is like you need content, up in order to pivot and, and, you know, see the analytics and make changes and see what people like and ask for feedback. And once you get that feedback, then you can, you can make the moves necessary to improve. Yeah. I like that. And I think that that works in business as well as the content creation. I mean, your business stemmed out of seeing the need. And I know you originally had the idea for graphic design, you know, kind of for thumbnails, things like that. Um, you saw someone do it successfully, moved over and did, video instead what i guess what was the deciding factor for you i know a lot of people have businesses going but i feel like too often i mean because i mean i think the statistic is it's like one out of five entrepreneurs fail in the first five years and then another one out of five in the next it's like for me it took 12 businesses i I went through the entire both sections to be able to you know get to a business that finally is doing well and so a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs are pivoting they are trying to figure out what problem they really do solve so for you you saw the first opportunity, didn't take it, regretted it. Saw the second opportunity. How did you know that was the right thing to really go all in on? Uh, it, it was just feedback from clients and feedback from people. Like um, our first few clients really liked the service a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And actually our very first client from so many years ago, almost six years ago, is still with us. And awesome. 
And so, I mean, the lifetime value of that client's through the roof, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so, there, there, so there's that. I mean, it was the, the first few clients that we got when, when we were almost just kind of in the testing phase when I was just like a, me and one other editor. Uh, they liked it and, you know, offered, hey, I would love to give you guys a testimonial and, and all that kind of stuff. So I saw the signs there to like, okay, you know, this can, this can be something. And, you know, we grew to nothing crazy, but maybe you know, five or $10,000 a month pretty quickly. Like within the first month, you know, I shared it on, I shared our website on Reddit. I put it on a few other places, maybe some forums and stuff and, and got a couple clients. And, uh, and then it was just word of mouth it grew us uh, for a little bit bigger than that. And it was also, you know, me having an understanding of digital marketing from the very start. I mean, the, the day we launched we already had an affiliate program all set up with affiliate resources and affiliate page. You know, we had already had, uh, you know, email autoresponder. We had everything all, all kind of set up to succeed, but still it's, uh, it's never easy to, for an online business to, to kind of make it past that first step. So I think it really was also just the timing of everything. I mean, these productized services, like I said, with the graphic design and stuff, they were starting to get big. Um, a lot of people were, were starting to use them and we were the first one, we were the first one for video editing. So, uh, that was also, you know, I guess, first movers advantage, find, find a problem and solve it. Like if it doesn't work, I think your clients would let you know, but your clients let you know that they liked it. They needed it. And VidShops isn't the only business you have, right? You have, is it podcast wings? Is that what it's called? Yeah. So recently we, um, we started podcast wings as almost kind of like the same thing as, as VidShops. It's a podcast editing service. Um, Hopefully we'll get it to be a full podcast service eventually. But, um, but yeah, it's just a, a new project that we're start, we've started. We've had one or two clients kind of uh, in the test phase and go through it. But, um, yeah, I would like to create multiple businesses as I, as I grow. I'm not all just in this productized service niche, but um, in other niches too. And, and that's part of the reason I'm working on the personal brand or I'd like to start working on the personal brand more. Yeah, I like that. So, I mean, you are you have multiple businesses doing I mean, similar thing, video editing, audio editing, what, what do you, so if I'm, if I'm a ideal client for VidJobs or an ideal client for podcasts, like what do you specialize in? What, what niche or what area should I be in? Is it everything or is there certain areas where you, you guys kind of excel at? Uh, for, <clears throat> for video editing, it's definitely kind of, um, talking head videos, anything, okay. on, you know, YouTube content. Uh, that's, that's kind of our, our main thing. Uh, we can also, now that vertical video is, is so big, we definitely have a lot of clients that are just vertical video. Um, in, in our video editing, we offer like, uh, repurposing into vertical videos and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, uh, our vid shops thing, uh, but there's no specific niche. Like it's not like, Oh, we work with, you know, small businesses or entrepreneurs in the health space or anything like that. Um, although I've considered, you know, creating marketing channels specifically for that, you know, like I, when I was a content creator for basketball, you know, I was teaching people how to shoot a basketball, how to do a layup, how to dribble. So, you know, I think I could easily set up a marketing channel that helps people create these kind of little businesses, right? Oh, you're a volleyball mm -hmm. coach. Why don't you create a, a YouTube channel for volleyball players? We'll edit your videos. You know, I can consult you and get you on the right track. We can build a back end business for the whole entire thing. So, um, you know, definitely in the back of my head, <clears throat> although I, I get more excited about businesses that I could eventually grow and sell. So I don't know if, if, if that's as, you know, it's more a little bit on the consulting side, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all kinds of ideas. I'm sure you're the same way. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, uh, going back to mentors, I'm glad I have Evan cause 
I have ADHD, so shiny object syndrome to the max. It's like, nope, focus. What's the most important thing? Nope, focus. I'm like, okay, cool, focus. Like, it's it's not easy, and I think everyone mm-hmm. kind of struggles with that. Um, but I, I do like I, I like that idea. I mean, a lot of my business is around me. I couldn't sell my business like it, it because of me being the expert. Um, but I'm thinking of a buddy of mine, and they have about. Uh, maybe a little over 20,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, and last year they did nine figures in real estate sales from leads solely coming from YouTube. And like, you don't have to have a big channel. If you are a local volleyball coach, you can be totally filled out having to sit like assistant coaches or, um, you know, people teaching and make really, really good money with not a lot because it's a local market. Like you don't need a million subscribers to make a lot of money. Um, how I started YouTube is actually, I, started a channel talking about style for muscular guys. And I had a video make 20 grand before I ever had a thousand subscribers. And it was within the first eight months of doing YouTube. Very, very niche thing. Very something that very few people are looking for, but also something very few people are actually creating for. And so, yeah, you know, a lot of these services, you, if you make the right content, you can make a lot of money. Yeah. And I, I tell people that too, like that, uh, are locals, like you might not get 10,000 views, but even if you shared around, excuse me, even if you shared around on your, on your Facebook and stuff, like it's something about video content. It builds that relationship, you know, that like Mm -hmm. people will start calling you, Hey, can you, you know, can you do a lesson for my daughter? Can you do, cause that's kind of what happened to me is, is, uh, I was creating, you know, basketball training content and, uh, I, you know, I, I was able to gain views and stuff, but all of a sudden I became like an authority in, in this basketball training niche, which was kind of part of my goal, but, um, kind of a little bit of a side effect too, because I was really just trying to build an online business. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, all of a sudden I was getting flown to other countries to run camps, other States do clinics here locally. I, I still do camps and stuff, but that that's definitely like a side effect of, of you starting an online business is offline in person. You'll start to generate, uh, you know, sales or, or just business in general. So it's kind of a little cool thing. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's, it's very underestimated. I think it's going to, people think it's saturated now. It's like, it's only going to get not more saturated because you continue to have more viewers and you continue to have more exactly. creators, but the creators that stick it out there, it's so small and podcasts are even worse. I think it's, uh, like 80% of shows never make it to episode three and like 90 something percent never make it to episode 21. Wow. <laughs> so it's like you show up 21 times, you're in the top, like 5% of all podcasts in the world. It doesn't, take a lot to, to get at the top of that extra 5% takes a lot of effort because now you're actually competing with people who are in the game. But if you're running Facebook ads, if you're you know trying to get people any other way other than creating organic content to get people to know, like, and trust you as you know, the authority in what you do, you're spending a lot of money that could be, I mean, spent better or not spent just because you made some organic content. Yeah. So on, on your basketball side of things, are you still doing anything there? Is this, is it still producing income for you? Uh, yes and no. I mean, there is sales that come through. It's, it's, everything is still set up. It's just, uh, first of all, the, the YouTube channel is not getting as many views as it was before because yeah. I don't upload there. Um, yeah. I have somebody that's kind of working with me. Um, uh, basically I've, I've been trying to help him kind of launch his basketball training app through through all the stuff that we have going on, it's kind of been slow motion there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it does create sales. Like, uh, basically what it is is a YouTube channel and then a website that has a blog. And so the, you know, a lot of the blog posts actually rank on Google. So they're still getting traffic and that kind of stuff, but, um, it's definitely not a significant income or anything. 
uh, it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. Like I wish I would have pivoted or found someone to come in for me and, and take over for me and, and do all that. But you know, I'm just, just one of the many, many YouTube channels sitting out there that's not getting uploaded to anymore, but maybe someday, I mean, I still love basketball. I still, like I said, I run a basketball camp. Uh, I, I'm a varsity basketball coach here locally. So that's kind of like what I do for fun. Um, so maybe someday I, I will figure out a way to, to monetize that again and get that going. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. It's YouTube is unique in that it, it's a hobby that becomes a business that you can sell or it's still there. Like I know your views have probably dropped substantially, but you could go back through and change some of the titles, change some of the thumbnails, pay someone to do that. So you don't have to do it and see some of these videos start to come to life and make money again. Like, um, we offer this service for our clients because Evan's done so many video AB tests for thumbnails. Um, I think just his channel alone, we've done like 30,000 tests, but, um, he had a video that was getting one or 200 views a day. It was like a five-year-old video swapped the thumbnail and it jumped up to 12,000 views a day. And so like, if you, if you've created old content, it's not dead unless it's, if it's not evergreen, then obviously that's going to be a little harder. If you're talking about like, you know, something the housing crash of 2008, like unless it's a history lesson, it's, it's not really going to be all that helpful. Um, but it, it lives on content that is evergreen on YouTube lives forever. Um, as long as you've done the right things with it. So, um, yeah, and everyone I, needs to be creating. Go ahead. I think the, uh, the, the way you, you figure that out and like, this is something that someone told me and I, it makes sense to me is you just go back and look at your channel. Like if I went to my channel right now, I could figure out which videos are still getting impressions, right? Like which mm -hmm. videos is YouTube still recommending on the homepage or whatever. And those are the ones that I should probably take a look at swapping the thumbnails out and, and doing all yeah. that. So yeah, you, you know, you kind of motivated me a little bit. Maybe I'll, I'll try that as a, a, that'd be a cool, just, just a cool test to create content around, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, get two buddy swap your top like 50 and just see what it does. It, it might, <laughs> might come back to life or That'd be crazy. Um, either way it's good content. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I like that. And we do that for clients all the time. Like, we're like Hey, we're going to AB test videos. Like, okay, cool. What are we doing for the new ones? It's like, no, actually the biggest opportunity is, is your backlog. Like there are videos that are getting tens or hundreds of thousands of impressions and your click through rates 1%. Mm. Like let's bump that up to 3%, 5%. Like, that's yeah. a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, so, that's cool. Like that's that. awesome. Yeah. So for you, I mean, you, you alluded to this, you have a lot of ideas going, a lot of things. What, I guess there's two ways to ask this, but I think for the way I want to ask it is what ideally does your business and personal brand look like in the next five years? Yeah. I mean, for person, I'm hoping that eventually I can get my personal brand to a point where I can, I can speak, I can, uh, you know, do that kind of stuff. I do. I would like to have that as part of my journey, not, not just the, uh, the kind of the behind the scenes guy and all that, that'd be great. Uh, and then for vid shops, I just want to keep innovating. I want to kind of get it just, just make it better. We're all, we're constantly trying to get, make it better. We have, you know, our operations where we're like, Hey, to everybody, we're always going to be changing. Just let you guys know, we're always going to be evolving. That's kind of the speech I give all the time when we make uh, changes. So I just want to stay up to date with everything and, and keep growing. Uh, as long as we are growing, I mean, it's been a slow grind. It's not like one of those startups where all of a sudden, you know, you go from you know ten thousand a month to a million a month like that. Or, um, but we are we have been growing year over year, so that's good. Uh, and then eventually, you know, I, I want to make a big move. I want to launch a software or, or a big market. I want to have a marketing agency or something like that. I want a, a big move, uh, 
someday to where, you know, it's, it's kind of like my, my ultimate uh, project. And I don't know about you, but software just seems so, seems like the way f- that, that most people go, right? They start with uh, creating content and then they launch mm-hmm. a, uh, an agency and then they launch a software and then that's the one that kind of blows up for them. Uh, yeah. And that's what I would like to do. But, uh, you know, it's, I have so many ideas and it, it just seems so competitive that uh, at that point, I would definitely want to either have a partner or have a team or mm-hmm. have investors at that point because the solo mission is it's too competitive, I think. Yeah, no, it really is. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you as well and uh, didn't quite fit, but it seems like it does now is AI. I, I'm getting a lot of companies outreaching like, hey, we have a software that uses AI to cut shorts of your videos. I have high standard for what shorts look like. I feel like shorts require a lot more editing than most regular videos to be really, really good. And so anytime they send it to me, I'm like, like it, maybe it'll get there, but it's not there yet. Do you, do you see AI kind of taking that spot or being maybe even part of your software? Or do you feel like you really can't replace editors' expertise like that? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that whole part of it. I think, um, for us, AI will be a big part of what we do just to kind of streamline the editing process and all that. So that's kind of how I see AI working for us. Just, just kind of like how chat GPT is helping copywriters, right? It's not replacing them, but it's helping them. Um, so yeah, I do see that coming in as far as like all the software that's coming out. A lot of it's not that great. You know, it's just not like it's, they basically tapped into the, the, the chat GPT API or, or something like that. They've created, you know, one use case basically for it. And so, uh, a lot of times I, I get a little bit disappointed in the, in the AI stuff. I mean, even the, some stuff does blow me away. It's, it, it's the, uh, it's the graphics though. The graphics stuff is, is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I, th- I just think like everyone just needs to kind of like if you're just going to say like, hey, I'm never going to pay attention to it, then you will get left in the dust. But if you say I am going to pay attention to it, but kind of be judgmental of it, I think that's kind of the position you want to be. At least that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, I like that position. Like, I think I've seen a couple of like music videos created with AI and you're like, this is insane what this can do. It's amazing. But then I had a company actually yesterday send me a video that they clipped from one of my videos. It was a short and I'm starting to watch it. I'm like that this is actually really good. Like this is the best I think I've seen yet. And then it cuts off like in the middle of the most important part and just ends. I'm like, <laughs> what was the point of like, what was the point of this? Like you cut off the point, which was like the next five seconds. Um, but as an editor, if you have something that does that automatically, and then you can just go and say, Oh yeah, didn't quite complete that thought. Let's just drag it out an extra five seconds. You just shaved off like an hour of editing for a short. Yeah. So I, I feel like, it could be helpful. I don't think it's ever going to replace completely. Uh, but you see a lot of posts now where it's like, AI is not going to replace you. People using AI are going to replace you. Um, and I think that's that's fairly accurate in, in some areas. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think you'll see like uh, like Adobe Premiere. Like it's all about the video editing uh, software that is taking it on that's going to succeed. Like that's really where the opportunity is. If you are a video editing software already currently and you are not, you know, adapting and moving with AI, then that's when you're going to kind of get left in the dust. And I worry about Final Cut Pro, you know, because Apple's not known for updating that software uh, super often compared to like Premiere. And, uh, And the thing about it is that it's always been in my eyes, like Premiere and Final Cut Pro are kind of the top two ones. You know, there's DaVinci Resolve as well, which is also pretty 
uh, renowned, but it's Premiere in Final Cut Pro. But now I feel like with all these AI advances and what Premiere has been doing, like it's it's kind of just it's starting to move more towards a little bit of a monopoly in that in that uh, in that world. Yeah, no, and I can agree there. I think innovations could be in distraction, but it could also be the thing that just absolutely transform your business. So I think it's you're going to see a lot either Final Cut make some adaptions or start to get left behind. Yeah. So um, I guess one last question for you um, in regarding, I, I do want to hear kind of how people can connect with you, but in regarding advice for someone who has a YouTube channel, they want their main goal is to build their business or personal brand. What's the one piece of advice that you would give them? For starting a YouTube channel or, or what exactly? Yeah. For using the YouTube channel to build their business, whether they are just starting it or they, they have one and they've been posting for a little while. Like what is the, the piece of advice to make sure it builds their business and isn't just them maybe becoming a YouTube influencer one day? Yeah. For me, it's all about building the email list. So if, if, if you, if you're going to start on YouTube, I would already kind of have the backend site build up and it doesn't need to be anything too crazy, but you do want to have that opt-in page set up to where it has a free gift on it. And it's something that you spend a lot of time thinking about to where your, your actual ideal client would want it, get that set up maybe with a few autoresponders or maybe just a welcome email. That's it. Uh, and then when you go to create your videos, you have a business set up. You know, if one of those videos does blow up, you already have your call to action in the video that says, Hey, if you liked today's video on how to shoot a basketball, head over to my website. I got a free workout for you. That's not only shooting, but ball handling, finishing, and jumping. Uh, click the link in the description, head over there and, and get your free copy. That will then set up your, your videos to bring value and be that salesman 24 seven that you hear about, Oh, this video lives on YouTube and it's selling for me 24, seven, 365 days. Well, only if you have that back end part set up. So that would be my piece of advice. Um, and then it would be to just be a student of the game, you know, like 1% better with every video is, is my advice. Uh, cause if you do do that, then eventually you'll get to the point where you'll be proud of your videos. Cause as you know, most people are not proud of the first few videos they create. Uh, yeah. but that's fine. It just strive to get, you know, 1% better each time. And then eventually you'll find yourself sitting in front of a, you know, a nice mirrorless or DSLR camera with the lighting all set up and, and you're just, just killing it. Yeah, no, I love that. Love that advice, especially getting 1% better. My first 60 videos were my iPhone. I think it took me 300 videos before I was like, Hey, that was actually okay. <laughs> like it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but it, anything worth it, your business, your relationships in life, they take effort and it's, it's 100% worth it. So if people want to connect with you, they, we've got vid chops, we've got podcast wings that we can go sign up for, but how do they connect with you and, and follow you along? Yeah. The, the most active social media platform I would say for myself is Instagram. I just started my personal account there. It's just at Augie Johnston and uh, yeah, feel free to shoot me a DM or, or just check out some of my stuff over there. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show and uh, we'll see y'all in the next one. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure-a-month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.